public media around the world, is under pressure. These institutions are encumbered with questions surrounding their financial viability, their editorial independence, and even their relevance in a digital age. But this is a big year for public media. The British Broadcasting Corporation, the BBC, is celebrating its 100th anniversary. And this is a centenary for not just the BBC, but for public media worldwide. So what exactly are the forces being exerted on public media? How can public media confront these challenges face on? And are there any solutions? I'm Harry Locke, and this is Media Uncovered. Hello and welcome to Media Uncovered. This is a brand new podcast from the Public Media Alliance. We're a non-profit global association of public media organisations. We have members from across six continents, and that's from some of the oldest public media organisations to some of the newest, from the big budget giants to the community-based smaller scale ones. But regardless of the size of their budget, the number of staff they employ, or the depth of programming they show, our job is to represent and advocate on their behalf equally and we stand up for the principles of public media globally. Now, for this first discussion, I'm joined by two PMA stalwarts. Sally-Ann Wilson is the Public Media Alliance's CEO. Sally-Ann first joined PMA back in 2001, and she was made boss in 2010. Now, sadly for us, she is stepping down at the end of March this year. Also here is Christian Porter. Christian's been with us for eight years. He's currently our deputy CEO, and he will be replacing Sally-Ann at the end of the month. Sally-Ann, if I start with you, you've been at PMA for 21 years in total. So how have you seen public media change over that time? I think for me, one of the most fundamental changes in my time is seeing how the world, by and large, certainly the democratic world, has accepted that those fundamental values of public media, of public broadcasting, can translate to public media, to multi-platform public media. And that's what we've seen happen really just about everywhere where uh, national broadcasters have not only become by media with radio and television, but have become multi-platform. And I think that's uh, where we are now is what are the next steps. The changes come really with the geopolitical shifts in the world. And we've seen growing authoritarianism, we've seen growing populism. And I think a sort of slipping away, as, as we've got new media, digital media has brought us new platforms, and there's been a slipping away in, in, in both public and political consciousness of, of what public media actually means and what those values stand for. And we're talking about accuracy, high standards of journalism, universal access, uh, impartiality, and those are, are really still shared, even though the actual models of public media have evolved worldwide to be some have commercial funding, some have different governance structures to the original sort of few who set it up back in 1945. So we're seeing a change in actually what public media is, but that really should allow it to uh, it continue to evolve and grow in this multi-platform area. Christian, can I ask you to expand on that in terms of, you know, how do we see public media at the moment in all of its diversity uh, across the world? I think... Salian's uh, highlighted the ideals there perfectly, and these these are the ideals that make it worldwide, or make public media worldwide among the most trusted media organisations. That is because they have at their heart a, a sense of editorial independence, free from commercial and political interference, some source of public funding. Many don't, but they, those are public, more, more public interest journalism organisations. They have 
first and foremost, accountability to the public and those who pay for them rather than to commercial and political interests and are available and accessible universally throughout a nation state and reaching diverse audiences. That is part of their core remit by and large. And that coupled with quality journalism and due impartiality means that they are trusted. And this is why it's so important. I think internationally right now in times of a global pandemic, in times of wars and conflict, you know, having a source of information that's from a media organization that has these values is critical to ensure that people have the information that keeps them safe, but also in times of elections, in times of health situations, natural disasters and crises, they have a source of information that they can rely on. And Salian, you have been working in the public media space for, you know, more than two decades with the Public Media Alliance, but before that you were with the BBC. What are the challenges at the moment, do you think, for public media? I mean, I hope I'm still able to write about and think about and speak about public media, because although it wasn't what I imagined I'd be doing, it has become part of my DNA. So I think in global terms, there are probably not too many people who have woken, slept, thought, eaten, just constantly had public media and what it is on their minds for for, for the last 11 years. And it means that I've given a lot of consideration to what public media is and and what's wrong with it and what the threats to it are. And I think this this increasing state capture, whether that's from, uh, in many parts of the world, sadly, we are seeing other states interfering with governments and pressuring governments that they need to just carry on and use it as a sort of a state mouthpiece, the national broadcaster, the national media platforms, and, and not keep its editorial independence. And in, in many countries, even here in, in the heart of Europe, we're seeing a creep of uh, independence. We're seeing public media organisations that are strong and powerful, actually, but we're seeing them um, becoming more defensive as they come under government pressure and having to fight for their funding, having to fight for what they are against the global streaming giants. And that's a tragedy. And And it's a bit like one of those things that we won't know what we've lost until suddenly one day it's no longer there. And, and, and you think that's a real risk? I do think it's a risk. I think if you'd asked me when I took over running the organisation in 2010, let alone when I joined in 2001, would we see Australian Federal Police raids on ABC in Australia? Would we see the pushing back across Europe on funding for public media? Would we see you know, the House of Lords here in the UK, the heart of the of public broadcasting, actually put out a question, do we need public broadcasting in the age of video on demand? I mean, that that's almost unthinkable. Um, and so I think it's this lack of public understanding and public education and political understanding and education and how other digital media, social media platforms are enabling this sort of spin of discussion into, uh, well, we don't need it. Well, how often do you watch it on TV? Well, is it really important? Well, how good are the dramas? I can get better things on Netflix. I can get better things on Prime. And actually, that's not, to me, the level of discussion we should be having. It's how fundamentally important uh, a value public media is to democratic society. Christian, at PMA, we're very loud and, and very... Um, firm in our beliefs about the importance and the value that public media provides to the public but uh, and, and we're given a license to be able to do that is there something that public media organizations themselves can do to to demonstrate that to their to their governments to their publics just to show 
what sort of service they provide to the public and sort of be able to counter some of these um, these challenges that they're facing. Um, public media, as we've said along, remain among the most trusted sources of news and information, yet, as Sally-Ann highlighted, they're experiencing challenges on a number of fronts, economically, politically, socially. And while there are a number of ways public media can address these issues, one of the first things they need to do is improve the political and public dialogue about public media, what it is, um, the understanding of politicians and the public in, of, of what the fundamental role of public media is to society and democracy. Uh, why do they differ to social media? How are they independent? And what does that mean to does, does that mean society? Um, a media literacy campaign is needed, if you like. And that's not just by public media, because I think that can often sound like uh, it's, it's, it's sort of a self-affirming thing. You know, it needs to be from us all, the people who actually, you know, we step back and understand why why do we turn to the BBC or ZDF or or whoever our public media broadcaster is in the morning by and large, rather than another source of information. Why is that why does it still remain so popular? Actually reflecting on that and getting politicians and the public to reflect on that. Um, and it needs to be conducted collaboratively. This is especially now in its hundredth year, and that's you know part of our role as an organization is to work collaboratively with our members, but it goes beyond that. Um, and it's especially needed now. Populism is on the li- on the rise. Disinformation on the rise. Um, especially now during a pandemic, public media is needed. And as war breaks out in various parts of the world in conflict, the need to solve the issues facing public media has never been so important. To ensure that audiences around the world have access to trusted and reliable sources of information, but it goes beyond just the sound bites of saying what the what the best you know that we provide certain content this entertainment content this documentary why is that important and what role does that have in society that's the conversation needs to be had and it needs to be an accessible conversation and that's so important if i just finish with both of you just asking the same question and and i guess just reflecting on that and and the challenges we've spoken about the the solutions that that might be there are you ultimately optimistic about the future for public media that 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 there will remain a a place within societies for it i i mean i think the pressures are are mounting and i think uh, it may be that that, that this new uh, war in the heart of europe that we're seeing uh, will actually raise the game and make people realize just Uh, have a clearer understanding of what public media is and and what role it is. I think we're seeing some really encouraging signs around the world uh, where the sort of reinvention of the public media space, particularly in in New Zealand. And I think uh, Christian's right there that for me, uh, what is really important is that we stop just defending our own public broadcasters. We stop just saying, this is what the BBC does. This is what ZDF does. This is what NHK does. We actually start saying, this is what public media is as well. So that, that we're not just defending one entity, but we're we're defending those principles. Christian? Sometimes you look at the world and you think, and you look at the landscape, the media landscape, and you think, how, how does public media fit in this? You can, I can understand why some people would see that the funding mechanisms are antiquated, but to fundamentally get rid of this thing, there needs to now be a a, a serious fight on a collaborative front for, to protect public media and its values. And I think that, and I think its role in society is not outdated. I think I think it fits it fits in the modern world, and it needs to. We need to make it clear as to how it does that. Christian Porter, Sally Ann Wilson, thank you very much. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this, the pilot episode of Media Uncovered. We're hoping to release a new episode every month now and we'll be featuring all sorts of stories uh, from the world of public media. Now, this is going to be from how public media reports on conflicts to how journalists can stay safe and protected in a digital age. If you want to find out more about the Public Media Alliance, you can go to our website, that's www.publicmediaalliance.org, or find us on Twitter at Public Media PMA, and on Facebook at Public Media Alliance. If you want to get in touch, you can email me at editor at publicmediaalliance.org. Thanks again to Christian Porter and Sally Ann Wilson. Our next episode will be an expansion on this conversation. We're looking at how independent is public media worldwide, And where is it going in the future?